Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, L. Russ, and today I have Camille Macris with me, who has started the world's first ever paleo cooking show at paleokitchen.tv, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, but welcome to the show, Camille. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so, so much for having me on today. Our pleasure. We're excited about what you're doing. I wanted to, before we get into your TV show and your cooking experience, let's talk a little bit first about how you, as a chef, private chef for 10 years, over 10 years, Mm -hmm. how did you discover paleo? Tell the audience how you came to discover that for yourself. (laughs) To drink the (laughs) Kool-Aid? That's right. How did you get involved in the the cult? (laughs) Well, um, I I had already been doing the gluten, dairy, soy-free thing for quite some time. Right right as soon as I actually started my private chef business, I was diagnosed with food intolerances and had a early life crisis, I like to call it, because as a chef, you grow accustomed to eating most things, you know, slathered in cheese with slices of bread. And that was how I knew how to cook. That was all of the chefs that I followed. They just, they had the entire arsenal of ingredients available to them. And so I knew I had been feeling really, really, really bad, like day after, or like the way that you feel after you eat Thanksgiving, that kind of coma after every meal for several months. And I knew something was wrong. And, and so I, in this moment of darkness, I said, I have to find a way to make foods that are delicious and still make me feel good. And so that was actually what started me off on a really specific private chef business up in Santa Barbara that, that served me really well because there were so many other people who, who had this. And and this was actually still back in a time where everybody didn't know about their food intolerances and, you know, there wasn't gluten-free aisles right. in the supermarket like there are now, but Santa Barbara was more forward. And so there were already people looking for this. So uh, fast forward about to about three years ago, and I had, um, I had moved to San Diego and noticed that I still, you know, come the middle of the day wasn't feeling very good. And I had one afternoon where I was driving on the freeway and I had had a, you know, my quote unquote healthy breakfast and I was taking my supplements and I could, I could almost not even keep my eyes open on the freeway and, you know, a full night of sleep. And I said, I got that same familiar feeling of something isn't right here. And so I went to my naturopathic doctor and she, she felt some nodules on my thyroid she, you know, she, she did a bunch of different tests and she told me that I had adrenal fatigue and that my thyroid was underactive and she didn't actually, she didn't tell me to go paleo. She did tell me to take out some of these other foods that I was still eating. But that very same day, uh, a good friend of mine, when I went to her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening in my thyroid and da, 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 da. She said, read this book. And it was Rob Wolf's book. And I read it 
cover to cover in two days. And then there's this other book you probably know. It's it's like Dr. Karzakian. You, you're a thyroid person. Like, what? Yep. How do you like when your thyroid? Your doctor tells you you're fine, but you know that you're not. <laughs> right, right. What's that? I don't know the name of it. Yes, but, I forgot. Right. But it, it's a really strange title. And so I read both of those books and thought, wow, this makes so much sense. And so I'm going to try this paleo thing, even though it seemed super, it seemed unnecessarily rigid and extreme to me, but the, the section particularly about grains that Rob talked about, it, it, it just made a lot of sense. Right. And just as a side note here to the audience, you know, grains are one of the biggest known triggers of autoimmune issues, mm-hmm. particularly Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, grains can trigger a lot of physical problems. What were, what did the naturopath initially tell you to eliminate? So at this point, before you read Rob, Rob Wolf's book and got into sort of the paleo angle of things, what were the things that you had eliminated? So I had, for the most part, again, it, it can be sort of a slippery slope with gluten and dairy. I was like 95% gluten-free, which I came to learn later. It's, you know, because gluten lingers in your body for so long. And like right. you said... If you are somebody who is displaying these symptoms, gluten is just a big fat no-no. So I had mostly eliminated gluten and mostly eliminated dairy. Yeah, like I would say 95%. I wasn't doing soy already because that made me feel terrible. But I was still eating, you know, I was still eating a lot of beans. I was still eating, uh, and I was still eating a lot of other gluten-free grains, a lot of gluten-free breads. Right, which which have, you know, uh, rice base, sometimes have cornstarch, and there's mm-hmm. corn glutens and other things in those. So mm-hmm. so then you went to make the move fully grain-free at some point. Yeah, and after four days of that, really, after four days of – and I at, I remember also I, I picked up my a Nourishing Traditions cookbook because I had the – I need to make bone broth. I just knew that. <laughs> and so I made a huge batch of bone broth. I started fermenting some sauerkraut. And I, I ate really, really clean paleo for four days, but the fog was beginning to lift after even a day. And I, and and when you're already in the world, you're already healing with food. That's already your shtick. When you begin to experience results that quickly, it's the kind of thing you have to stand at attention for. Oh, absolutely. And, and four days really was just what told you, okay, grains are not for me and beans, clearly, right? Yeah. That what, and when you say the fog lifted, you mean your energy was different in those four days or just... It's, yeah, the, 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 my energy and my mental clarity, I would say, were the two biggest things because I never really had strain. I never had digestive issues. It was always around more like my energy and like my, my, cog, like my mental, sure, my mental stuff. So I, I, I just got really excited at that point because I'd also been a chef for a long time and people loved my food and they'd been asking me for a cookbook, but I was truly just not that inspired. Like, Oh, you know, Camille writes another gluten and dairy free cookbook, which wasn't (laughs) even, that wasn't even hard for me anymore. But I thought, wow, if I could write a paleo cookbook and take everything I know about making food taste really, really delicious and take out all of these things. Now that's something that's a challenge for me. 
And so I actually wrote my entire cookbook in three months. I quit. I dropped everything else that I was doing. I was able to find some families who would uh, who would take the food because I had to figure out how I could at least make enough money to not be doing other work so I could just go whole hog into testing these recipes. So I created this like mini meal delivery service and said, I'm testing the recipes of this cookbook. I have to buy the food anyway. I was living in a house with a huge, beautiful kitchen, and I already knew food photography. And so I just, I found some people to pay for the food that I was making, and I, I wrote my, I wrote all of Paleogasm in the first three months that I was eating paleo. And I also, love the title, which I'd like to share with everyone. So it's Paleogasm. It's 150 grain, dairy, and sugar-free recipes that will leave you totally satisfied and begging for more. It's more like this. It's more like totally satisfied and begging for more. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, that's a great title for a book. And 150 recipes, dairy and sugar-free, that's, and grain-free is amazing. Yeah. 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 I, I was really, it was a really cool, fun, magical time because I was feeling so good too. It was like, I was waking up in the morning. I was excited about the project. I was, I was, and I felt really challenged again when, cause you know, anytime you've been doing something for a really long time, it's easy to hit these ruts of like, okay. Yeah. Now, it become, your job becomes a phone in, especially if you're cooking the same stuff over and over and it's all mm-hmm. the classic recipes and French style of cooking something, etc. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there were things like, oh my gosh, I think it's, actually really funny that uh that crepes made it to the cover of my cookbook because I probably tried and failed at paleo crepes 20 times before I got something right before I discovered <laughs> before I discovered plantains because I'm like how am I going to keep these things together right. but, uh, but that was the fun challenge of all of it and it did and it kept me I think that can be the hard thing with people in paleo is that and that's why I think that things like the whole 30 are really great because if you can say okay you have from this time to this time if you can if you can stay on track for that period of time then you're going to be feeling the benefits and, um, and then you're going to be probably a lot more likely to keep going. Whereas I think for a lot of people, they, they just, they can't stick with it long enough to really feel the benefits that will then help to, to keep it as part of their lifestyle. Right. And here at the Primal Blueprint, I mean, we, Mark and, and everyone really suggest 21 days to a month, et cetera, mm-hmm. to really make that transformation mm-hmm. into being a fat burner and not a sugar burner. And it takes that time to get all of that stuff out of the system. Gluten yeah. remains in the intestines for a while there. So yeah. the biggest thing I tell people when coaching them is, you know, forget about exercise, forget about everything else right now. Just focus on committing to this eating program for months. That's really the most important part. And it does take willpower at first. It really does. Yeah. And having, um, having a, a, a set of having a plan, having a little bit of support. I think that's why I see now in the paleo world, everyone is, is, is doing a, a jump start or a, this is how you get going. This is really simple ways. And I think that that is really important because, you know, I, I already had, years of being a chef 
And it's still like, okay, so what's paleo and what's not paleo? And wait, these are all the things I was eating. So what am I going to eat instead? And there is, even for me, there was a lot of that question. So I really sympathize with people who are wanting to get started because there are a lot of challenges to overcome for people, especially when they're already, for most people, feeding themselves already can be a challenge. And now feeding themselves without these ingredients can be a bigger challenge. But if you take it on, like you said, with a set, with a set time, you start here and you stop there and, and you dedicate this period of time, almost like you're taking a course, like this is my 30 day course in paleo and I'm just going to prepare myself properly. I'm going to get, if I need a coach or I'm going to get a couple books, I'm going to get into a community of support and, and really focus on it for that, those 30 days. I find that most people are able to then keep going if, if they can if they can just have that pattern interrupt for that period of time. Would you, would you agree with that just based upon what you I see? Absolutely, I absolutely would agree. And, you know, during that time, like you said, I, setting yourself up for success. So, for example, you know, one of the biggest the, the toughest things for people is to quit grains, right? It's mm-hmm. it's everywhere. They, they're addicted to chips or bread or, you know, it seems to be a really hard one to get rid of for people. So what I tell people is, hey, uh, you know, enjoy yourself with grains for a while and then make a plan for that month. If you need to grain yourself out, go ahead, stuff mm-hmm. yourself silly and then commit. <laughs> it's almost yeah. like when you quit smoking, it's like, hey, you know, smoke them out, make yourself sick of smoking, but set that date. So I think people are more likely to have success if they are setting that date for that month, they've committed to it. And then if they need to sort of get grain eating out of their system beforehand or whatever, um, you know, to do that, because you don't want to cheat during that, that four weeks. And when you really make that commitment, you got to go for it. And that doesn't mean that in life, the person will never be able to eat grains. And which is one of the objections we get, like uh, one of the objections I got was, well, you know, I, I just love that classic lasagna I make. And I'm, you know, my, my rebuttal would be, right, well, how often are you making that? Once or twice a year? You know, that's not every week. So it's not to say that people have to quit for a life having some of these foods in their life. But in order to make this transformation, you've got to commit to the month and keep going. And it does so, but you know, people are scared. Like it, it, it means a sentence to never eat another grain in their I life, know. you I know, really and think, that's what you got yeah. to get out of their heads. Like, Hey, it's possible. We're not advocating that, but you know, listen, every now and then all of us are human beings, you know, and I'm going to have a piece of bread, maybe with a piece of nice cheese at a cocktail party every yeah. now and then. And, and, you know, maybe I'm going to cheat with a couple bites of cake somewhere, but it's not a part of our regular life. So that's what scares people is this like, well, forever, I'm not going to be able to. And you're like, don't not start this because you're projecting never into your life that it's not a word that has to be used with grain. I I totally agree. And, and on top of that there, and because that is there, there is such a big emotional component to food for people Yeah, that, you know, you have the things that you grew up eating that you love so much. You have all of these really fond memories around some foods. That's actually a lot of why I I love doing paleo comfort foods. And I love seeing how many paleo comfort food recipes are out there. One, because, you know, paleo can still be really rich and satisfying. And also that everything that you said, I, I totally agree with, but those cravings that you're having in the beginning and that you're having for those first couple weeks are probably going to subside. And it's going to make it as you begin to really experience those benefits, then you are going to have that desire that, 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 that feels like it can choke you sometimes 
to, to eat those things, especially when you tell yourself, hey, there, I, I'm not going to never eat these things again. Like I go out to a nice restaurant and I'll eat what I want to eat. And sometimes I feel fine after I eat it. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel really terrible. Like, oh my God, why did I do that? It, it, I don't know. It depends on a lot of different things, but it, it's really, it's really, really, really critical for anyone listening who, who may just be thinking about it, but have those concerns that you don't need to cut out all of these foods forever. I did find for myself that I wanted to be really pretty clean paleo for, I think it was like at least nine months. And now sometimes I do eat, I have this really delicious, nice gluten-free sourdough bread that is like, you can tell it's like really nice, whatever the souring process, it's good quality. And I feel okay if I eat that a couple times a week. And and, but, and your body is going to be different. That's the thing about having that extended period of time is you're healing your digestion. You know, you're healing your gut. You're, you're making your body a lot more resilient so that every time you eat one of those meals, it's not crippling you. Right. So I think that that's important too. It is like as you heal, your, your body is able to be a lot more resilient. I want to ask you about, we're going to get into your TV show here in a second, which I'm really excited about because, you know, you're going to be teaching all of us how to do this and how to make paleo affordable for the family and also just make it tasty and unique when people aren't necessarily chefs themselves. So, but I want to talk to you. How did Jamie Oliver change your life? He, <laughs> Jamie Oliver is the naked chef who had that uh, cooking show for a while. He really inspired you, and yeah. that sort of led you down the road to have your own TV show. So can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I, I, I really do love this story because I, every time I tell it, I am actually brought back to, to that moment. It, it hmm. feels so real. Um, I was. This was actually even years before I went paleo. I was still a private chef. I remember I would come home from long nights of work, and I would love to watch Top Chef and Jamie Oliver's Food Revolution. And for anybody who didn't watch, he had two seasons where his goal was to get into and reform the American school system in terms of the way that they ate lunch, which is <laughs> we don't even need to tell you is how right, bad it really, is. It's so disgusting. It's so sad. We see short, like soda pop machines in, in the schools and some, some vending machines with, with candy. And, and then we're wondering why the, every kid, not every kid, but so many kids are on hyperactive medication for ADD and ADHD. And, and, and the things that they eat are pure, refined, processed carb crap. And, and it's, it's really, really heartbreaking um, and so I was watching this episode. It was not in the school. This was an episode where, where Jamie met with a dad. It was a widowed dad and his two boys that were like junior high school age. And they were, they were just not doing well. They were still grieving over the loss of their mom. And the dad, you could see in his face, the dad was just so overwhelmed with taking care of the boys' basic life needs that just getting anything into their body that day was was all that he could handle. So Jamie comes in with his crew, and they actually brought two meals a day, if I, if I remember correctly, two meals a day for an entire year. So about 700 meals of fast food. They came and they dumped into the living room area of this house. Frightening. And it was so disgusting that, I mean, I don't think any, I had certainly never seen anything like that. There's pizza boxes on, on the, the, the nightstands and 
chicken nuggets sitting on the TV and just greasy bags and styrofoam containers. It was just, I, it, there, it was like a, a, like a throw up in your mouth kind of reaction. And was that, representative, was that representative of one family's they, consumption yeah, for, for a, one a week, year? For one Their year. families for oh, one year. Ouch. And the dad was so embarrassed. But still, like, well, what am I supposed to do? And so Jamie said, here's your challenge now. In the same period of time that it takes you to go do your regular nightly fast food run, the boys and I are going to prepare a meal from scratch. I'm not even going to cook. I'm just going to stand alongside and tell them what to do. I mean, these aren't old boys. They're like 9 and 12. And so in less time, with less money, we're going to prepare this meal from scratch. The dad, of course, says that he thinks it's impossible he goes out on his fast food run, and we we watch Jamie and the boys prepare a. Uh, it was like a rainbow slaw salad in a food processor, some easy seared chicken breast, a little tomato sauce, I think some boiled potatoes, and like some sort of like a herb lemon, fresh squeezed lemon or tangerineate or something. And so the dad gets back, and they sit around the table together. And the boys are just, it was so cute. The boys are just beaming with pride. Like, dad, look, I made this. Look at what we did. And he's like, I don't believe that Jamie didn't do this. And he's like, no, dude, I just, I stood alongside and, and they eat the meal and everyone, they're all shocked. They're all shocked that it tastes so good. They, that's great. They're just so proud of themselves. And then, you know, Jamie pulls out the receipts and it's half the price for this beautiful meal. I think they had leftovers and it took them. I don't know. It took them like 20 minutes to make. It took the dad 40 minutes to, to just do his fast food run. And by this point, I'm just bawling along with them. And <laughs> I, I doubt very many people in the country were, were having this reaction that I was having. But I just I really knew in that moment that that was the pervasive lie that has been feeding Americans to to continue to eat and live this way. You know, nobody nobody wants to go and eat fast food every night. No parent is 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 proud of that, but they just they just don't know what to do. They're well, and there is a myth. Okay, so there is a myth. You know, I've I come from a cooking family, and um, so and my mother was a single mother for a while, and she mm-hmm. always at the time really wished she could teach other women who were very poor or who were on a very strict budget that. Eating and cooking your own food is not only healthier, but it's actually cheaper than the fast food. When you look at frozen pizzas and and all of this junk in the middle aisles of a grocery store, there is a misconception that it is cheaper to eat that way. And I believe that's why a lot of people do that because they Mm -hmm. think that's cheaper. But at the end of the day, it's really not. You know, you can get 20 chicken breasts, individually freeze them in the, you know, in the freezer, and -hmm. then, you know, take one out every day and defrost it or take four out for your family. And Mm -hmm. cooking healthy is not expensive, but that is a myth. So um, how have you gone about teaching others how to do that with this TV show, because I, I watched one of your episodes and I saw that it seems as though you're, you're gearing it towards families or people who need to I cook am. maybe more than one person. So like in one of the episodes, I think you had four chicken breasts or I'm not sure. Are most of your episodes sort of family oriented? Um, they're, they're different. And actually they, this was edited out of the, because the show can only be 23 minutes and I had like an hour of content, but I actually was remaking the Jamie Oliver meal. Oh, okay. But, but, but making it paleo uh, right. because his wasn't like completely, but it is my, my passion has always been for families because I see that 
that's the, the place that it is hardest for most people. So I, I would say yes. We, we, I have a lot of different guests on, on the show this season. And so it, it is a marriage of wanting to um, have the recipes be a, it's like taking, putting, making practical what the guests may be teaching us that afternoon. So like we did a local and seasonal episode and um, Peter several uh, from Pete's Paleo, we, uh, we went out to a farm and we got a whole bunch of stuff. And then we came back and we had a whole discussion about this is how you cook from a CSA box. And this is how you prepare foods. Um, this is how you really utilize local crops. And so I would say, yeah, that's still family centered because that is how I think, but it was also to help to teach the principle of this is how you eat local and seasonal. Nice. And you, you're going to have our very own Mark Sisson on the show, I believe. What are you guys yes. going to be talking about in your episode? <laughs> so Mark and I did, so Mark has an awesome sauce. It's like a, it's a sauce relish, more like condiment kind of cookbook. And I love all of that stuff. So we did, we did that. And we made, he, Mark was actually the first, he's episode four, but he was the first episode we recorded. Oh, bless his, bless his soul. Because <laughs> we didn't even know. I, I mean, he's obviously very busy, but he had us up to his beautiful home in Malibu. We hadn't recorded anything before. We just walked in and we're like, oh yeah, it's a 30 minute show. We'll be in and out in three hours. Seven hours later, we're finally leaving. <laughs> and, you, and when you're talking about the, the Primal Blueprint Healthy Sauces, Dressings, and Toppings book, yes. so yes, you guys yes. were working off of that? That's we. I pulled my recipes from that. And then what we wove into that uh, was debunking the some of the common myths and misconceptions about eating paleo. Great. Yeah. I wish that it was, uh, we're actually going to have an extended episode that's probably an hour and a half because we just geeked out so much on this stuff. And I, <laughs> I just asked him so many questions and, but we made, oh my gosh, we made some really good things Yeah, we made, well, he, he also has this mayo coming out. The, the first, it's actually already out and it's oh. phenomenal. And you oh, guys can so go good. to, yeah, Primal Kitchen Mayo. It's phenomenal. They it's just so launched it. Yeah. It's really good. I've gone through a couple of jars already. <laughs> so, have I. so have I. So we, I wanted to make sure that we showcase that. So we did this. Um, we actually put a little bit of, of Thai curry. You just mix that into the mayo with a little bit of lime juice. Mm. And that is an awesome dipping sauce. We put that over a steak with the carrot salsa from his book. And then we made a, uh, a warm bacon vinaigrette with, Ooh, a, with a, oh, it was so good, over a spinach salad. And then we just did a really simple berries with, I sh we showed them how to make uh, coconut whipped cream just, you know, with that top. Mm -hmm layer of coconut fat that you get in the full fat yep. and um, a little bit of shaved chocolate. And it was so delicious. That's great. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. And so, yeah, so everything. So yeah, the show, I'm, I'm really trying to accomplish a lot in the show if you hadn't picked that up yet, but, <laughs> it's, great. but it's bringing it, the, the goal, because it is the first paleo cooking show ever. And because we're, we're our distribution is getting, it, it is worldwide at this point. It's, it's, I, I want to provide resources and, and recipes for the paleo community to continue to excite and inspire them to make simple paleo meals for themselves and their family. And it's also getting into this new space of, hey, I, I've never heard of paleo before, but I just clicked into the show and 
oh, this looks fun. This looks good. Oh, this doesn't look like it's so hard. And, and the guests and I just talking about the benefits throughout. So, so my goal is twofold, that, that we would really be supporting the existing paleo audience and also bringing a whole new generation of people into the paleo flock because they can see that, oh, this, this really isn't so hard. These recipes are these, I could totally do this. And it looks really, really good. So, the, Well, and what yeah. I like about it is that, you know, it sounds as though uh, your guests, you know, you're not only going to be talking about cooking, you're going to be really explaining some components of paleo. Like you said, yes. you discussed some objections with Mark or some other nuances. Mm -hmm. So people will learn a lot about paleo. It's not just a straight up paleo cooking show. And I like that because people need a little bit of that education along with it. Mm -hmm. um, before we wrap this up, I just wanted yeah. to talk to you about a couple of paleo cooking tips that we can share with the audience. And this is what I'm looking for. I know one of the toughest things that people try to uh, replicate and that I've been able to do paleo, but I'm wondering what some of your tips are. And that is being able to thicken things. Like for example, you uh -huh. know, steaming ahead of cauliflower and, you know, blending it up to make a potato leek like soup or something thick. Or mm -hmm. for example, when I make meatballs, I might use chia seeds or some almond meal instead of breadcrumbs to kind of, yep. you know, cohesively put them together. Can you give a couple of other tips like that on cooking? Because those are the things that non-paleo people don't understand, right? Like yeah. meatballs have to have the breadcrumbs. Now I've made them without them, but there's wonderful substitutes. So can you talk to us about some of those kind of recipes and things, you know? Yes. Just a couple little tricks. Let me think. Yeah. So one, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, is cashews. Ooh. And I used, I, I was a raw vegan for six weeks, which totally did not work for me, but I did learn some really fun tricks around manipulating food. And so one thing I love to make things really creamy is cashews. So basically you just, you take raw cashews, you soak them in purified water for four to six hours. You'll notice they're going to get nice and plump, rinse them off. And I use that, like I have this delicious uh, sausage gravy that I make in paleogasm that is, you know, it's onions and celery and sage and, and garlic and then all of that nice sausage. And then I do as the sauce, the cream sauce, which also serves you know, like to thicken it and make it like even more rich is the, so I just start with the, the cashews in the Vitamix and then I think I add a little bit of water, some garlic some Dijon mustard and lemon juice and salt and blend all of that up. And then you fold that into the, um, fold that into the mixture. And that makes the most delicious, decadent, creamy sausage gravy. And, and you can do that. That same. is a great tip because gravy it's is good. one of those things that, you know, mm -hmm. people, that's such a yummy comfort food and something that I didn't even know you can make paleo that way. So I just learned that, which is great. I love that idea. It's, it's yummy too. And actually, so uh, George Bryant, I'm sure many people are familiar. He, um, he's a civilized caveman. He has like now like a 22 times best New York best-selling book, the, um, I think it's called the paleo kitchen. And we did the same thing on, on his episode. He did it with coconut milk and then we dissolved arrowroot. Mm. So you, um, the, the thing with the arrowroot, arrowroot is a nice thickener. It, I, I haven't heard of anybody having any strange reaction to it, but, um, you, you just dissolve the arrowroot in a little bit of water. And his had that coconutty flavor, if, if you like that. The cashews obviously don't have that. And, but you just want to make sure that you dissolve it a little bit before you go to thicken. But that's really nice for, for thickening sauces and soups. Um, another thing, I, 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 I say this with a little bit of caution, 
is coconut flour. Um, coconut flour is can definitely thicken things, but it's almost it's it's very sponge like. So when people tell me, oh, I just wanted to, I just substituted out my coconut flour for regular flour and it turned into a brick, you definitely, <laughs> do, <laughs> you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. But a little bit of coconut flour can go a long way in, in thickening. It's, but it's, it's very fibrous and it just, it, it continues to, it continues to absorb water. So that is something you can use. You can also use, I, I don't know what, the, what the standard, paleo responses about this, but I'll use tapioca starch and potato starch sometimes. I know that, um, that actually Mark and I talked in the episode about, um, about resistant starches and why it is actually important to, to keep some starches in your diet to, to help to, um, to feed your gut microbiome. Sure. That's, that's, I don't really understand that topic so much, but, um, but if you're, for most people, you can handle some of those starches like a potato starch or tapioca starch or the arrowroot or the, that, um, or an unripened banana is also considered in that form of starch. And so if anyone's interested in this topic, there is a podcast at primalblueprint.com where Mark and or Brad uh, spent an entire session talking about resistant starches. So if anyone's interested in that topic, you can go to marksdailyapple.com and do a search and something will come up. Um, the, other, the one last thing I want to talk about, because you sort of mentioned it, but is plantains. And I am pretty obsessed with plantains. I You can make a really simple pancake with just, you put into your blender, you put a a plantain with a little bit with some eggs and a little bit. I don't have the exact ingredients here. You can um, you can get that in my cookbook, but um, just a couple ingredients with the plantain and those have a lot of nutrients in it and they're really starchy. But they also hold. That's why I used it in my crepe recipe because you know when you are taking out the gluten, like you said, like what are you going to put into it that's going to help to bind things back up? So um, plantains are really nice for that. Chia seeds are, are, are good for that. Um, it's it's sort of hard in a podcast to just talk about sure. it. Sure, no, I just wanted a couple of those yeah. tips. People can look into it more or or check out your website. But those are, you know, at least for me when I started cooking, those were some of the questions like, how do I do that with those kind of foods, this. right? Exactly. So tell us, um, before we wrap it up here, PaleoKitchen.tv. How many episodes do you have so far? We have so the first episode is airing on uh, March third. And then we have 10 filmed so far. We have 13 for the entire season. We're already planning season two and season three. (laughs) Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. So it's not just going to be like a one-off thing, but it will be, it's really just best to come to the website, paleokitchen.tv, and that will tell you all of the different devices and ways that you can watch the show. You'll be able to watch extended shows on my YouTube channel. And then if you have a, it's, it's a foodie TV is the, is the network that picked up the show and it's an on-demand network. So you can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV. There's some different Google players. It's this whole new way of watching television that doesn't have you, that, that doesn't require you to pay, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks a month for cable. And then you can also stream it from anywhere you, you know, on your device, you know, your mobile phone or your, all of your ever different gadgets. It's also going to be picked up by JetBlue Airlines, we found out. So after that's great. Congratulations. Two, <laughs> yes. You can start, uh, you, you can get your, your paleo learn on while, uh, while taking a flight on JetBlue and, <laughs> and they're, the network is just always calling us and like, Oh, now we're getting in here and now we're there. So I, I also heard that's going to be, there's going to be like one minute 
teasers of the show in lines in the supermarket of these different chains around around the south which i think is super cool especially the south because they had the the heavy fried breaded business going on down there they they need some revolution totally Uh, excellent well thank you so much camille for joining our show we really appreciate it and everyone once again paleokitchen.tv if you'd like some more tips and see some great paleo guests as well thanks again yes 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 everybody please uh please tune on in. We have a lot of fun. I think you'll learn a lot and, and really most of all, be really inspired to just get in the kitchen and prepare simple meals this way that your family really, really will love. And it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth the investment. It's worth the learning. It's, it's really fun. It is fun. (laughs) And yeah, they are fun. Thanks so much again. And, um, we wish you the best of luck with that project. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Safeguard your health with the most comprehensive all-in-one nutritional supplement on the planet. Primal Nutrition's Damage Control Master Formula. Forget mixing and matching with multiple bottles of individual agents. Now you can just take a single packet of the most potent and optimally balanced multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant formula available on the market. You'll enjoy complete immune system, cardiovascular, memory, nerve, bone, liver, and anti-stress support. And much more. With 51 research-proven ingredients, Damage Control Master Formula helps you combat oxidative damage in every cell and every system in your body and shore up any dietary shortcomings with complete protection. Order Damage Control Master Formula today at PrimalMovement.com and check out the incredible free shipping offer for our convenient and custom-designed auto-ship program.